Hello and welcome to episode 756 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, November 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? Oh, just a beautiful, sunny, cold day in California. Well, at least it's sunny. Yeah, right? I guess that's better than nothing. It's one of those days uh, where you look outside and go, man, it's going to be nice today. And then you walk outside and you're like, I don't want to be outside today. <laughs> Charlotte agrees. She's already chiming in. Sharp, why are you barking? You're very annoying. She wants to get in on the mix. Um, she's excited we're gonna talk about, about th- Atlanta's purchases. Yeah, she just thinks that they're they're out here making. She's an Atlanta fan, so the fact that they're having a quick off season, she's like, "Oh, this is great. I can relax for the rest of the winter." Uh, we're gonna talk some moves, including an Atlanta move. Some Rule 5 and, and moves there with regards to the 40-man rosters being uh, locked in. And then we'll get into some of the two early mocks that, uh, or excuse me, not two early mocks, the pitcher list mocks that you and I participated in, including, uh, I, you're not going to be that surprised to hear this, but mine isn't done yet. <laughs> it's funny because uh, when Nick did the this last year, and he only did one last year, we... It took till New Year's. Like I don't remember if you remember how painfully slow that was. Like, when did it start? It started at the same time. No way. Yes. No way. Mm-hmm. It, it. 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 Yeah. I mean, you're drunk. No, you're it drunk. did because no a few weeks ago I had like one of those Facebook memories where I like I tweeted about like, oh, we're at pick fifty. Oh my god. So, like, it started at, like, the same time, and I want to say we finished either right before or right after New Year's. It was so slow. Uh, so, it's nice that mine is done. Uh, and ours, done. Mine ours should is be quickly, done. Uh, moved pretty quick. So, uh, apparently, I did not draft a full team. No, you didn't. You didn't draft a catcher. You're an idiot. So, uh, good job there. But uh, let's start with some some news here. Let's talk about Chris Martin going to Atlanta and really, or re-signing with Atlanta, I should say. Really, it's less about him and more about uh, how that bullpen as a whole is shaping up. Chris Martin, remember, came over from Texas, uh, had a pretty good season overall. Um, I don't recall. He wasn't, I think he was similar to Shane Green that like when he got there, it was a little wobbly, but then he kind of settled himself and he was fine all in all good year for chris martin at age 33 but their bullpen's kind of set right now and they are looking at mark melanson's going to go in with the job and i was prepared to ask you you know how you feel about that but you took him in the pitcher list mock so my guess is that you feel pretty good about mark melanson as the closer even with martin resigning and will smith uh coming on board well i he had uh, he signed after I took him. Smith so, did, he, or, yeah. So okay. I, so I took Mark Melanson in the sixteenth round, uh, and I also took him in. I want to say my Arizona draft. Okay. Uh, I feel like, or I, I felt like before that signing that his contract uh, and how strong he pitched down the stretch, uh, kind of would give him the leg up in that Atlanta bullpen. I still feel like he is the guy. Um, I think they've been saying that too. With mm-hmm. during the um, 
or excuse me, during the Smith signing and the Martin re-signing. I think they've been making clear that, yeah, Melanson's our guy. We're just solidifying our bullpen around him. That being said, I think the leash becomes a lot shorter. Sure. They're, they're I mean, not they have gonna, options. Yeah, they have and Shane just, Green's still there, too. Shane Green's still there. Luke Jackson, who closed for them uh, during the season, uh, is still there. The uh, the corpse of Grant Dayton is uh, on in that bullpen. So it, they've quietly put together a nice little bullpen, though. It's it's a really nice bullpen, and that doesn't even include some of their prospects that have yeah. been starting and then were moved into bullpen roles, like Bryce Wilson and Tuki Toussaint uh, on that team. Kyle Wright. Uh, so you, you you've been drafting Melanson, so you're not afraid to do that. Are you drafting anybody on spec in deeper leagues where where that is useful to do? Um, and if so, who who would you who would you draft on spec for saves? Probably, probably Will Smith. So okay. I, I I know he's he's the lefty, and they don't. I mean, other than Grant Dayton, they don't have technically a lefty in that bullpen. But yeah. we have to assume that. Atlanta looks like they're going all in, right? They, this is Without a doubt. they've got a ton of young talent uh, that's still cheap, uh, so they're going to add some pieces now uh, before that talent gets expensive and, and and make a go of this. You know, try to try to win a World Series here in the next two to, two three years. Uh, you know, especially next year. Uh, so I would assume that they are going to get Bumgarner because I know that they've been strongly linked to him. He's from that area uh, in the South. Uh, and so that would bump Sean Newcomb out of the rotation and back into the bullpen mm-hmm. where he could be that uh, extra lefty. So if they needed to use Will Smith as a closer, they still have Newcomb as kind of the left-handed specialist. That's true. And um, basically, Bumgarner would be replacing Keiko for the rotation that they had last year. So that would... That would That'd be interesting. It, it is a fit. We'll see. It seems like they're going to get a starter, and and Bumgarner seems like the the obvious one. And we'll kind of figure out if that's what they're going to do. As a reliever, Sean Newcomb was was quite good. Um, he only made four starts last year, but uh, fifty three and a third innings in fifty one relief appearances, three hundred four ERA, one sixteen WHIP, fifty seven strikeouts, and nineteen walks in that time. So he pitched well as a reliever and he would just add further depth to that bullpen. Yeah. They're setting up for a run. I mean, obviously they were good last year. Things didn't quite go uh, as planned in that game five against St. Louis. But other than that, they had a really strong season. So I think uh, pedal to the metal will continue with Atlanta. Yesterday was the rule, uh, excuse me, the 40 man roster deadline to get everything situated for the rule five draft. So we saw a lot of tiny little moves here. This is, this is definitely for some deep leaguers here with some of the things that happened. Remember former prospect Jose De Leon? Yeah. Uh, he started with L.A. with the Dodgers, moved over to the Rays, and now they've s- subsequently moved him over to the Cincinnati Reds in a small deal. And he has injuries have absolutely ravaged him. It's been uh, actually missed all of 18 uh, most of 17 and most of 19. He pitched in the minors uh, last year, 56 innings, and then four innings in the majors. Still just 27, so not uh, you know not completely gone. But Jose De Leon, somebody that strike your fancy and NL only, or 
I don't know, very deep mixers, maybe. I, I probably I know only for DeLeon, but what what do you like or what do you think about him in Cincinnati? I I don't have much interest. Uh Cincinnati sneakily has one of the best rotations in the National League. Yeah, they do. Uh so it's not like there's a natural opening. Obviously, he could either force his way in because he's so good and someone else isn't, uh, or injuries obviously could play a role. That being said, I mean, he it was impressive that he pitched 51 innings last year because he hasn't pitched 51 innings uh, in any level since 2016. Yeah. It, but it's, it's still it's, 51 innings. It's It's been a while, and uh, yeah, DeLeon was basically – given to basically who who can take him you know who can put your who can put him on your roster cash considerations and a player to be named later as the return to tampa bay but a former prospect you know like i said of, of some note to at least keep an eye on give them some depth definitely not somebody that you're drafting right now i don't even think in deep nl but rather just keeping an eye on and realizing okay he's there um if he does well in triple a uh, and then they call up de leon for an injury then it could be interesting. But right now, there's no there's no room for him. He's going to have to prove himself. The place I would buy him or pick him up is probably like in a dynasty league if I'm trying to rebuild because he's close to the majors. So yeah. as soon as he gets to the majors, you can try to flip him. What, he, what about um, in, a, in the 40s of a 50-round draft and hold? No. Okay. I just – there's too much other talent. At, the, at that point, uh, yeah, I feel more comfortable. You know, I, I make this mistake every year in draft and holds where I grab guys, you know, in 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 the mid forties, where I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Like when he makes it to the majors, he could really help put me over the top. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in like June, uh, I don't have enough starting pitchers that are healthy. <laughs> yeah. um, or there. like I've run out of shortstops, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Crap. And so, would you rather have Jose De Leon or Aaron Sanchez? Yeah, my, my positional dispersal in my first real year of, uh, of doing draft champions was, was really bad, and I've gotten better in subsequent years. So, you got to be careful with too many of those buried lottery tickets that, you know, what, what are they even going to be if they do come up? The chances of them hitting just aren't really there. Um, and De Leon probably is that. It's a really a wait and see because he's a name right now. That we remember as a prospect, but there's not much else going on. Solid move by Cincinnati, though, to get some depth. Uh, there were some interesting DFAs, and I'm more interested in like where you think they might go as opposed to them leaving their current team. Greg Bird was designated for assignment by the Yankees. We know that he's tricked fantasy folks, I don't know what, 50 times? Uh, usually with like a random 15, 20 game sample of quality, and it's like, oh, here, here we go. And the funny thing is, perhaps the, the funniest thing about that is it's usually a spring training sample. Uh, I feel like he's been a spring training <laughs> god. Uh, you know, he had that big flourish to the end of 2015. Uh, he had a playoff run a couple years after that. And since then, it's just been no. I mean, you, you look at the bottom line for Greg Bird, and he has 700 major league plate appearances, 32 homers. 92 ribbies. That's that's you like those those two things. But 211, 301, 424. So he's got some punch, but that's really it with Greg Bird. Is there a landing spot where you could find Greg Bird interesting? 
Toronto. Okay. I mean, so I, I don't know how tied they are. I know Rowdy Telez, but they they still don't. I mean, uh, unless they they're actually going to give Teoscar Hernandez full time playing time, you know, they could always use him as the the DH as well. Which, as much as I don't think that Greg Bird is a poor defender by any stretch of the imagination, uh, he obviously can't stay healthy, and so you yeah. almost wonder if he's going to just need to DH. So it it minimizes the amount of chances he gets uh, to hurt himself. I call him, call him Bird Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who's a a massive fan of him. So we, we always talk about Greg Bird way too much, and I call him Bird Bones because his his bones are as weak as Bird Bones are. Actually, I have no idea how weak Bird Bones are, but it, it's a funny name. It has stuck. <laughs> He's been saying um, that he'd like to see Bird Bones go to the Tigers, and Mainly because he thinks it'd be funny if I had to suffer through having Greg Bird on my team. But also because he thinks he could actually get an opportunity out there, which he might not be wrong. Because Miggy's now the you know full DH. Um, Nico Goodrum's penciled in at first, but he can bounce around anywhere. That might actually be a spot. And, you know, he is 27, which is not ancient. I actually wouldn't be against that. I think the Tigers might actually be a decent spot for yeah. Greg Bird. Why not? Because... If he, he'll be super cheap. Yeah, uh, and they could still strike. Like you could still see that turning around. And, and sure, you know we, we've seen it before. Guys, just I don't want to say miraculously get healthy as if they take some elixir, but they finally stay healthy when it, all hope looked lost. And all of a sudden, he puts up like a you know if the ball is the same, it's a thirty homer season without even blinking, even if he's hitting two thirty. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it, it's got to be a team like that, though, because any any quality team that picks him up for Greg Bird is you know, going to have first base DH probably already situated, in which case he'd probably just become depth. So if you like uh, Greg Bird, you're hoping for a lesser team to take him to give him that actual opportunity. I mean, I, I could see it happening in Kansas City. You know, yeah. how, how tied are they to Ryan O'Hearn? I, lo- I loved O'Hearn coming into last year and, oh, and I never really yeah he didn't quite get it going uh late round gamble that i liked you know had some had some matt olson love for him it did not pan out he finished strong so he might he might have bought himself a little bit more time there but we'll see like you said though there's no reason that they have to be locked and loaded in on him and they're about the same age too it's not like O'Hearn is some some baby but um yeah maybe a team like that who they have a D, well, I guess Solera DH. Yeah, Solera DH. You don't want the White Sox. I mean, do they really want to be rolling Zach Collins out at DH uh, every day? So I think that's a, another fit. Uh, well, basically, the AL Central is what we're saying. Yeah, I think that's probably his landing spot. I mean, obviously, an NL team could take a shot. Yeah, I was going to say Miami, maybe. That, uh, I literally just pulled Miami up, but I like Garrett Cooper. Yeah, but they don't seem to. I, I don't think you're making any sort of improvement there trying to go from Bird or trying to go from Cooper to Bird, so they should just stick with what they've no, got. I mean, really any team I mean Bird it should be a bench bat anyways. So That's a, true. any team can really pick him Fit up. Him. And, yeah, we're and just go. trying to find a starting spot for Yeah. Him. So and then injuries help him for you know, force his way into the lineup or he hits, you know, ten home runs in spring training. Now, this one's a bummer. You know, and I, we, we, we 
we shared a moment. We, we, we cried over this one for a few hours yesterday. Uh, Jarrell Cotton DFA'd mm. from the Oakland A's. I remember when he came up, man, that, 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 uh, that changeup, so sexy. He was so appealing, that, uh, that five-star run there. super dangerous arm action. <laughs> oh, my God, so bad. And believe it or not, uh, it actually hurt him because mm-hmm. it cost him two seasons, uh, essentially. He pitched 28 innings this year in AAA, and it was bad, 716 ERA, 152 whip. So you're basically looking at two lost seasons from Jarrell Cotton. The fact that they DFA'd him is not surprising. Um, he'll land somewhere because he's a pitcher who's done something in the majors. He's still just 28. He'll get a shot in some spot, but it'll be minor leagues to start. Jarrell Cotton, I think, put him firmly in that Jose De Leon camp of, you got to show me something right now. Mm-hmm. Do, do you agree? Yeah. I think uh, it's uh, it, we're going to need to see him do some work and, and really stay healthy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Before I'm willing I'll be pulling to... for him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and it'll be a guy that I watch uh, for. Yeah, especially absolutely. my fear is they move him into kind of a middle relief role. True, and which might be exactly where he could flourish. But then fantasy wise, that's exactly nothing. so. Uh, just definitely a guy that I'll be watching. You know, just kind of peripherally, how many innings he's getting. In, you know, each start or each appearance in the minor leagues. Uh, is he a high leverage guy if he's a reliever? Uh, I mean, because what he could probably be a pretty nasty closer. Oh, I think so. I like if if Jarrell Cotton could you know get sprinkled with the proverbial uh, health dust that we talk about, he he could definitely make something of himself with a fastball changeup combo. Um, even even when the breaking ball is not at its best, I mean that that changeup alone makes him a swing and miss guy. Like he can get swings and misses off of that, especially in short stints. So I'll be following where he goes. You know, we talked about Miami with regards to maybe bird. Anytime a pitcher goes to Miami, you're, you're at least partially interested because of that stadium. So if they took a chance on him or something like that, I, I'd be keen to that. Jarrell cotton will land somewhere, but uh, we probably don't need to go too much deeper right now because it's, it's going to be a while before it's fantasy relevant. If it is at all, I want to go back out to Tampa Bay they DFA'd Matt Duffy, who uh, you're probably more familiar with overall, because he came up as a giant. And I remember, you know, he, he showed some things when he was first coming up with the Giants, except it was always tough to find. You know, the fantasy relevance was always a little bit on a, on a line, right? Because even that that rookie year, he was 12-12 with a 295, 77 runs and ribbies. I love the symmetry of his line, by the way. Same number of runs and ribbies, same number of homers and RBI or uh, steals, excuse me. Uh, 295 average. That was a great season, but that was really the peak. And it, it basically was going to have to replicate that to maintain fantasy value. Since then, uh, he was part of the Longoria trade, right? I No, he was a separate trade, I believe. Matt Moore. There you go. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Lucius Fox and Matt Moore. Uh, so yeah, he came over. He came over in that deal. Since that rookie season, he has a thousand ninety-five plate appearances. Matt Duffy does of a two seventy-six average, ten homers, twenty steals. So uh, it really hasn't, you know, worked out similar to that rookie season. Now twenty-nine. Uh, health was a concern in, in 19. He only played one hundred sixty-nine plate appearances at the majors and another sixty-seven at the minors. But Matt Duffy will latch on somewhere. He has some positional flexibility. 
is there an avenue where you think he could regain some fantasy relevance for Matt Duffy? I don't think so. I think uh, in spite of the fact that uh, I'm sure he'll get an opportunity somewhere. I I'll just, have to link up with a bad team. So, like, what about maybe, I don't know, like the Giants or something? How dare you. <laughs> how dare you. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, God, who knows what the Giants are going to do. No, um, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't think they'll bring him back. Why not? He was a fan favorite. And, they're. I mean, really, they're only making signings to... Uh, uh, to Play out the string. Yeah, to try to get people into the stadium. Uh, so. True. True, 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 true. Yeah, you know, uh, the Tigers could be another fit here where he would get playing time and, and could bounce around. It wouldn't be particularly sexy, but maybe, you know, again, with, with, with some of these guys, we're looking for the lessons. And, of course, Cat Duffy. Oh, my God. His cat. You just sent the link. His his fat cat, <laughs> Skeeter. Poor Skeeter. I think Skeeter has since passed. But yes, he has. For those that don't know, Matt Duffy had – a hilariously adorable super fat cat that he loved. But um yeah. I I think he'll land somewhere of like again, if it's a bad team, there's an avenue for the playing time. If it's a medium to good team, his fantasy relevance is really capped unless yeah. an injury opens things up for Matt Duffy. And bottom line is too, even with playing time, the fantasy value isn't that high because what's he really gonna deliver? 15 home runs maybe maybe and then like eight steals like yeah something like kind that of a, i mean a glue guy from the only league an al or nl depending on where he lands right if, something like that if we knew he was gonna get a full-time opportunity yeah i'd say like nl or al only depending on where he lands because he's gonna play a lot of different positions yeah. um now the problem is is he's only going to be third base eligible coming into the season to start. But, but if you could, you know, again, let's just theoretically put him on the Tigers and they're mm-hmm. going to play him virtually every day. If you were in like AL tout, would, would Duffy yeah. interest you at like a five and under? Yeah. Sort of bid? I'd put three bucks on him. Uh, okay. And, and hope for the best. Uh, especially if you're like, I, my original uh, home league was, it was AL only, um, but and and it was twenty game minimum. But in season, it was one game eligibility. Yeah, I, I I like that in season, especially in only leagues. Yes, it can create some wonkiness of some you know some rando uh, first baseman plays shortstop because it's a fourteen inning game. I'm fine with that though. Yeah. I like that because it's hard enough on the waivers in an NL or AL only. So even if it creates a, a few goofy guys who really quote unquote shouldn't have eligibility somewhere, I'm always in for that one game eligibility in your super deep leagues. Yeah, there was a year, and I'm trying to remember who it was. This was, God, ten plus years ago. At this point, uh, it was like one of my guys who was like a you know thirty dollar player played like an inning at catcher. And you were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing <laughs> and ever. And I, I was able to slide him over to catcher and uh, and just crush the league because of that. Um, so uh, you know, every once in a while, the leagues like that have those type of things where guys uh, – God, I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Euclid, but it, it, it wasn't. Um, and, and 
and maybe you don't want to do one, but but five games. Like you you should lower it in AL and NL only. Yeah, you you really sure. should. Um, so that's that's Matt Duffy that we're talking about there. Wei Yin Chen was uh, was also DFA'd from Miami. He was making stacks, dude. Twenty two mil is what he's due. For, it was for tw- two thirds of their projected salary, or current salary on the books for 2020. They're just gonna eat that. Yeah, they're eating 22 million. Just saying goodbye, bye. Which now, I understand because they actually some have cost, right. Yeah, yep. and, I mean they've got five guys in that rotation. They, they have an intriguing rotation. Like yeah. there's the, uh, fantasy relevance up and down that rotation, especially on that home park. Uh, and, and even got some guys, guys coming. Bang, bingo! You took the words out of my mouth. Some guys that even if there's injuries, um, that there's there's other guys that that could fill in. Bottom line is, giving 130 innings to Wei Yin Chen just doesn't make sense. What a, what an interesting career! Though. You know, we talk about ballpark. You just mentioned that their ballpark doesn't always do everything right because he came from freaking Baltimore um, in the AL East, of course where he had been a really solid innings eater uh, for four straight seasons, ranging from a a 334 to a 407 ERA. The whip ranged from 122 to 132. He was never a huge strikeout guy, but he was kind of that plug him in the back end of your rotation, and you'll feel fine about what you're getting. He even had a 16-win season, Wei Yin Chen did. So he's like, okay, he's going to go to Miami. Well, this is going to be great because this one thing is home runs. And this park and, and the NL at large should help that, especially facing the pitcher. And he couldn't have been worse. I mean, 510 ERA and a 133 whip with the Marlins in his four seasons. And like we said, he's scheduled to make 22 mil this year. And he's going to make it doing nothing. That's crazy. Is there any hope here for a 34-year-old Chen? Is there anywhere that he would land where you'd be like, mm, I'll take a look? No. I'm with you. Like uh, he, zero he is, he's got to show me something first, uh, and then I'll. And even then, I wouldn't necessarily I buy would be, it. It would, yeah, it would be a streaming kind of circumstance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's no way, like in draft champions leagues, where I, you know the draft and holds leagues and stuff. There's no way he's going to end up on any roster there. So it's like NL or AL only streamer type thing. I I, I agree with you there. Um, brought up Wei and Chen didn't even bring up Jacoby Ellsbury who was released. Like that's 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 where Jacoby Ellsbury's Poor at. Guy. That Wei and Chen got a mention, and Jacoby Ellsbury could barely get a passing mention because you know what? know what we're Els- moving on. I don't even know what Ellsbury's done in the minor leagues the last like two yeah. years. I mean, oh, it, he hasn't. There's there's been nothing. There you go. He hasn't just played been sitting a around. single inning of any organized baseball since 2017. And injuries obviously just completely oh, took ravaged. him out. Ravaged, him. Uh, you know, d- decimated the back end of the the career there. And he, he was he was so solid there as a speed component. And then had the big thirty two thirty nine season back in twenty eleven. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, w- wish him health, but right now there's just nothing to really. I can't concern remember who with. tweeted it out. I wanted to say it was Toby from Batflip Crazy, but now I'm. It's I'm not seeing it in his timeline, but I know I liked it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna find it because 
uh, his hundred and uh, oh, it was Max Freeze, so at Freeze stats, uh, his hundred and sixty-two game average from two thousand eight to two thousand fourteen was a two ninety-one batting average, hundred and three runs, fifteen home runs, seventy-one RBIs, and fifty-three stolen bases. Holy crap! When he was healthy and good, he was good. He was a monster, yeah. dude. He has a 70 steal season. Mm-hmm. He has a 32-39 I talked about. He led baseball twice and the AL three times in in stolen bases. He was a good batting average guy. Of course, he scored a, a butt ton of runs on the Red Sox. It, it, it is really, again, going back to our, our magic health dust, which we need to create because I think mm-hmm. we can make a lot of money off of that. Um you just you see a guy. This is almost this is this is somewhat uh, Grady sized Morian. Oh god! Where yeah. you, you just wish we could have seen it play out without without the health because the health absolutely decimated that career and uh, it's pretty much done. Again, this is there's nowhere that Jacoby Ellsbury would land where I would care until I, I until I saw it. The only sliver of hope I can give him. Is that uh, the last time he did play? Twenty seventeen, he stole twenty two bases in four hundred nine point appearances. But that's it. And I said we weren't going to talk about him, and we did. So there you go. Uh, let's talk pitcher list mocks. We both uh, have the. Uh, we're not done in our league, in my league, but uh, we have the bulk of our rosters done. So I can still talk about that. I have a more full roster than you, and. I'm not even done with my draft because you didn't draft a catcher because you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't you, know how I didn't draft a catcher. You silly goose. But, you wrote up your top 11, though, on the website. Yeah. And uh, let's talk through that a bit. Where, what spot did you pick from? What strategy did you have coming in? So this was an interesting situation for me because, uh, like I've said on this podcast, that I am approaching most drafts with a I'm going to wait on starting pitching approach. So I'm not going to have shares of Garrett Cole unless he like magically falls outside of the top 10 and I'm sitting in the back half. Um, So I'm not going to have any shares of Garrett Cole. I'm really not going to have many shares of uh, really any starting pitcher uh, that is like top five to seven for the most part. I'm going to grab my occasional ones uh, here and there. And so I entered this draft thinking, okay, especially – in a 12-teamer, there's no way I'm taking a starting pitcher in the first two rounds. And so it's a slow mock, uh, and uh, it wasn't really closely paying attention. Took Trey Turner and then wrapped around, took Rendon in the second. And then I really started thinking about it, and I went, oh, crap. This I, I forgot the format. <laughs> and the- I, I, de- I dang all forgot the format. And the format is important uh, in every league, but especially in this league, because uh, not only is it 12-team, but we're drafting like the the Yahoo standard rosters, which is Correct. three outfielders, uh, no CI, no MI, two util spots, and the, but still nine pitchers. And Correct. so it swings, uh, and then it's head-to-head categories. So it swings what you know. Typically, you want to go offense hard, and you know, and find your pitching uh, later. It kind of swings it the opposite direction. So uh, two rounds into my mock, I had to make a course correction and go the sure. exact opposite way. Uh, and had I uh, thought about that prior to starting this draft, I would have gone Cole 
at pick, what, seven uh, instead of Trey Turner. Um, not that I'm bummed about having Trey Turner on my team. I mean, he's he's, no, a, he's no. a monster. And speed still matters. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's head-to-head categories. So unless the you're speed punting, still yeah. still plays unless, yeah, like you said, you're punting it, which you could do mm-hmm. in this particular format, uh, but you're not. And so you – you you didn't want to take a pitcher in the first two rounds of, by your plan until you were like, oh, dang, I wish I would have. I would say, though, that you, you stood brilliantly situated, even though you didn't take your starter because of, of the two you then got in three and four. So you say, you know, you could have taken Cole in that first round there with, with the Turner pick. Sure, but you got Bieber and Flaherty yeah. in rounds three and four, and that's, that's two monsters. Yeah, and I... I have Flaherty ranked above Bieber, uh, but I felt there was a, a a pretty good chance that I could get Flaherty on, on the wraparound. You're uh, right, and I was right, which was an awesome feeling. You know, just kind of sitting there hoping nobody snipes him, uh, and then that made me feel like okay, I've got my two starters uh, or t- you know top two starters that I feel are both SP ones, uh, even mm-hmm. in a twelve team format, uh, and so now I can worry about offense and uh, really relief pitchers. I wanted to grab guys that I thought would really help me with my ratios, help me with my saves uh, in in a head-to-head categories format. Uh, Because you can always, if you have those kind of locked down in in a weekly format, you can always then stream a ton of starters at the end of the week. Exactly. And so that's an interesting strategy there. And you really did get those get those relievers going. In fact, um, you're trying to put Keone Kella at catcher. You can't do that. You, uh, can't, you can't. No, you can't just Je- put him there. Jeff Samarge is my catcher. <laughs> Jeff Samarge is your catcher. Okay, great. Um, all right, but continuing on here, then you took uh, a couple of of sleeper in the bus favorites here, back to back with Matt Olson and Ozzy Albies. So your speeds look good now with Turner always. Now Albies is not. Uh, uh, super burner as far as his steals he could be and i actually kind of hold out some hope that that there's going to be a spike season you don't bet on it like you don't put it in your projection and say this is what i'm definitely getting but if all these drop 25 plus in a given season nobody would be surprised it's it's there he just hasn't delivered um and then of course you got matt olson who we who we both absolutely love here so you went power speed back to back there what were you thinking with those two picks well, I, I love Matt Olson, and uh, and I hate the kind of player pool at first base. And Dude, so, it, Ol- it can get ugly quickly again this year. Yeah, and so uh, Olson is a guy that I've already ended up with in a ton of, ton of drafts, and I, I will probably continue to it. He was one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball in the second half. Uh, yes, he was. And he showed a ton of power after that, uh, coming back from the hamate bone injury, which is something that typically saps power, uh, at least in the short term. So, yeah, I mean, Olsen's a guy that I probably am much higher on than probably, uh, definitely ADP, because if you, you go and look at ADP right now, he's going at picks about 74 on average. So there's a group of uh, draft champions leagues going on right now mm-hmm. that we're starting to get some ADP data for, of which you're in one, mm-hmm. and of which in which you took Matt Olson. Yes. And what pick? Do you have any idea what pick number that was? It was the fifth round. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering if you're the high on him because he went his high is 63 right now for. Olsen. Well, my my draft doesn't figure into that yet. Oh, that's right. Duh. It has to be done. So I may end up being the high because what? Uh, five. He'd be 60. No, I won't be the high. So okay. Because I'm pick 10. You don't like him. Uh, not, yeah, yeah. Like be, him, I think I'm around high. pick 70 or something like that is, is where I Oh, is so you, you don't even like him at all. You're I'm like right on the uh, yeah, you're right, right on, on the, the ADP. ADP. So, uh, but I in the pitcher list mock, I think what because he took him in the fifth round of a 12 teamer that you know would 12 teamer that's like yeah. So we're, we're talking yeah, that's what, in the 50, 50s, 55. Then. Yeah, is where I took yeah. him. Uh, and then Albies just is a was at least in this draft for me. I felt like he was going too low. Uh, he offers five category production. He does nothing flashy necessarily, but he does everything, uh, and that comes I, with average at a position that's also gets gross at second base. Yep. Oh, it gets it gets even grosser than first base in it, my opinion. It does. It does, especially when you consider that a lot of the guys the lower guys are eligible at other positions. So people may be snagging them to play short or play third uh, as opposed to just being a second baseman. So Albies is a guy that I didn't think I would end up targeting a lot, but he, I may end up targeting more. His ADP is much higher uh, than this draft kind of shows. Uh, His ADP is 48.5 so far. Uh, Yeah. So you, you, you copped, you copped Albies in the sixth round of this twelve teamer. That's an anomaly. So that, that, yeah. you you you, st- you stole him there. That don't get used to that, folks. And uh, especially if you're in a league with me too, because I still love Albies. Uh, my 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 love for him is not uh, dwindled even a little bit from that from that first season. I mean, and and this is the format too. So with no MI and no CI, people waited on, and then only three outfielders. People waited on offense at times. Yep. Uh, you know, they got their first few picks of offense, and then just everybody just went after pitching. Uh, so mo- most people went after starting pitching. I went after a lot of relief pitching. Um, and, you know, I, I like the way it kind of worked out. Got to then, you know, I grabbed Kirby Yates. I was going to say, let's get into some of that. Uh, Yates was your next pick. And we'll, we'll skip down a little bit because I want to talk about the fact that you got Yates. Now, part of this is just the fact of when we're drafting. The closer landscape right now is a mess, and it's because you know we don't know exactly where teams are going to go um, as as the winter continues. We'll figure out, and, and teams will figure out exactly what they want to do with different things. But uh, you went Yates, Doolittle, Carlos Martinez, who could go either way, uh, Mark Melanson, and then Keone Kella. I think you got four closers, and then Martinez is that he could be the fifth. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think Kayla's going to take the Pittsburgh job. So I think you kind of stole him late. We already talked about Melanson. You purposely got closers here. So talk to us about your four your four guys starting with Yates and Doolittle. So in head-to-head categories, it's not necessarily about winning every category. It's about making sure you win certain categories. So the, I tend to, like I said, not worry about starting pit, you know, grab a kind of an anchor or two ace at the beginning and then not really worry about starting pitching uh, the rest of the draft. I'm going to fill in with the guys who are going to uh, get me uh, good ratios and get me saves, and then I'll worry about strikeouts and wins or strikeouts and quality starts. 
uh, mm-hmm. kind of from a streaming perspective. But I want to have a good offense and then a lot of relief pitchers. Uh, and that's what I did. And I tried to grab guys that I felt the teams weren't going to bring in competition necessarily. So uh, Washington has other needs that they're going to address and throw money at to try to get back Rendon and try to get back uh, Strasburg. I don't think that Hudson will be a huge priority for them. Uh, yeah, so, and even if he was, I, I don't know that he would usurp Doolittle. I know he did. I think it would be a uh, shared situation if they brought exactly. him Exactly, especially so. with a righty-lefty mm-hmm. uh, duo there. So I, I agree with you there. And the and the simple fact is the market is not strong. Uh, yeah. Once Will Smith was gone, that, that, pitching, that relief pitching market is ugly. Hudson's about to get and, paid. Oh yes, yeah. he really, he made him he made himself so much money. Now you did take Carlos Martinez. Uh, what is your outlook on him right now? Obviously, it's up in the air. But what what are you leaning toward, and what do you want? What do you want Carlos Martinez to be? I think I want him to be a closer, uh, because I, I I one I think he has a better chance of staying healthy. Obviously, there's some maturity issues uh, that we've heard about going on behind the scenes as well. Uh, so I think, you know, why keep messing with him? Why not just let him become one of the better closers in the league uh, and and stay back there? Uh, but ultimately, Carlos Martinez, when I take him in drafts right now, is is similar to the next pick I took, which was uh, Julio Urias. Uh, is I don't know. I really don't know what their roles are, but I know they're good pitchers, yep. and I'm just going to draft the skills and hope the roles work themselves out. Uh, I... I I feel like Martinez will likely end up a closer and uh, Urias will likely end up in the rotation, but I'm not going to be disappointed with the production no matter where they're at. No, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that uh, in this format specifically, the head to head, you can take both guys and say, you know what, if, if the role is a little bit hybridy or, or just not exactly what I was aiming for, you're still going to get value out of them. They're, they're still going to pitch well. So I like the uh, Carlos Martinez and Julio Urias picks. The other offense that you got, actually, hang on. Before we get into more offense, Brandon Woodruff you took as your third starter. So you went Bieber, Flaherty, Woodruff. I love that, man. Brandon Woodruff is somebody I'm, I'm fully in on again. Loved him coming into this year. And obviously he pitched great. The only thing that held him back was that injury. He finished the season on the field. Love, love to see that as well. What's the next? Well, like, what's the next step for him? Is is there another level here, or is it just taking what he did in nineteen and expanding it over one hundred eighty? I think for me, I'm looking at him just kind of yeah, t- taking the production we saw this this last year and kind of expanding the amount of innings he gets in two thousand and twenty, but. I don't believe that that is the the ceiling for him. That's just mm-hmm. what I what I'm going to project. So I'm going to I'm going to look and go, okay, I'm probably going to project him for like 10 strikeouts per 9, 170 innings and I mean he's had a 3.61 ERA and a 3.62 ERA the last years. Feels pretty stable, right? Yeah. I think he's got the stuff to be a better pitcher. And I think we talked about in this podcast, you talking about Derek Van Riper saying uh, he thinks he's a top 15 pitcher. He's got him projected out as a top 15 pitcher. You don't have to take him there, obviously. 
Oh, he uh, put him real high. Yeah, but he's got that ceiling, and I see that ceiling. Will he be able to – I worry that he won't be able to uh, not necessarily hold up, but maybe keep those skills over the course of that many innings. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that has like a you – know, Holy crap. I have to interrupt you. Whoa, yeah. He has Monty Grandal going to the White Sox on a four-year, $73 million deal. Whoa, that changes a lot there. Dude, sorry to interrupt your team. No, there. no, no, let's talk about this because but that has this, huge ramifications across that team. I mean, this is exactly what they, they had to get in the market. Remember last year, they tried to swim with the big boys mm-hmm. and nobody came through they they didn't you know they couldn't get anybody signed and i was like well they should do it again this year but i don't know if rendon's the best fit are you going to move moncada again and could they really get cole or strasburg no they got the next best guy after that so that, zach I collins think- becomes a dh only which just about ruins his long-term dynasty value correct because he's no longer going to catch enough games to keep that eligibility and James McCann, not that he was having huge value, but in catcher leagues, doesn't this it destroy his value? Him. Yeah. Eliminates him. He was a, he was a stud last year. <laughs> he was, I mean, he rode that bad, but here's the thing. So Collins might not even make the club or maybe as a bench bat, because I think when McCann catches Grandal's going to play first and Abreu's going to Yeah. And I'm sure Collins has got, uh, a number of options left. So I would assume he goes back down. He has two options. Yep. He's got two options. Maybe Collins becomes trade bait. Holy crap. What a move, man. What a move. I love it. Like, I really think that that's a smart, smart move by the white Sox. Of course, a little boost for the pitchers too. He's one of the yeah, best framers in the game. I was just about to say that it's, yeah, I mean, not only is it the offense obviously helps, uh, but more importantly, getting to work with all those young pitchers, Dylan Cease, Giolito, uh, Kopech, uh, I mean, Raylo, Rodon is, uh, um, yeah, yeah, that is, yeah, that's a really, really good move. And I, I never would have thought that one. That That's no, one where I, I never would have put him there, uh, but it makes a ton of sense. It does. Uh, wow. Yeah, no one would have put him there because of McCann. Because you see, yeah, because this is a viable such a catcher. Great year last year. And yeah, and McCann was was strong last year. So you you don't think of that fit logically. You're like, no, nah, that doesn't that doesn't work. Do you think they could move right. McCann? They certainly. Yeah, I think they could. Yes, yes, because it's a catcher, right? You can always mm-hmm. you can always move a catcher. Wow. Uh, there's always a market out there, and they can talk to the. Grandal losers, to be honest. Think if you've already I, drafted McCann. In the, uh, early drafters, sometimes you get really great discounts and sometimes you get screwed. Yep. Okay, so I'm doing... This is funny. I want to see if this if this person did it. Because uh, I'm doing... Oh, wow. Maybe they did it. They got it right. I'm doing a free agent guessing game in my Twitch stream. And obviously, it locks Friday, and so I wanted to see if anybody picked Grandal. 
and I'm seeing somebody had White Sox four years. No way. And I, I'm trying to see if they... They're a wizard. ...just changed it or not. And I, looking on the Google Doc edits, I mean, he can't count anyway because we're doing... I won't know who you know is editing it, and so he's just going to be locked... He's going to be taken off the board because we're, we're locking it up. Somebody did just change their answer right now. That's funny. <laughs> you dummies. Like, I'm not going to see that. But uh, He hasn't gone in the draft champions dude. league I'm in right now. So, when she's right, oh it, it's like right at his ADP right now. So, uh, McCann's going to be – McCann's going to plummet. Uh, but I just yeah, – obviously, that's a really great landing spot from him, for him offensively because – it's a night. It's still a nice hitter's park. It's moving to the AL, uh, where pitchers aren't won't have seen him. Uh, but ultimately, for me, it's such a great boost to the pitchers on that team. That's, I mean, that's huge. I am, I am so interested by that man. That's really, really, really sharp move by them. Again, I, I thought it was, and we're smart. getting some free agent moves. Like yes, it's not are. even Thanksgiving, and that's a big move. Uh, oh he, yeah, that, I mean he's he has to be the fourth best guy on the board, right? Behind the, oh, the big me, three. Let me go maybe look at put, our Fangraphs free agent tractor. Yeah, uh, maybe Ross if you put Wheeler there. ahead, but I would say Grandall personally. Fourth, they they have him fourth. They have a Cole, go. Rendon, Strasburg, Grandall, Donaldson in the top five. Damn, dude, that's. That's crazy. I almost want to credit this guy who got the pick right, even though I have to take that one off the board for our guessing game. He literally put four years to the White Sox. Well done there. Damn, dude. Good job by the White Sox there. So um, the catching market now, you're on the you're on the tracker. What's mm-hmm. that leave like? Chirinos? Uh, Chirinos, uh, Flowers re-signed. Uh, Travis Diarno. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex yeah. Avila, Jason Castro, Russell Martin, uh, Stephen Vogt, Austin Romine. Mo- mostly defense first guys or defense yeah. only guys. Don in some Gomes. Diarno is probably the best bat mm-hmm. that's available there, and obviously his health career, his career health track record's been a mess. Dang, dude, man, I will tell you what, I am I'm shook by that. I love that move for them. I think that's really smart. Yeah, that it's fantastic. Uh, but I, I wonder if, like, I know there was that report that people didn't expect Garrett Cole to sign until the beginning of uh, 2020. I wonder mm-hmm. if these kind of moves, you, you see, you're seeing a couple teams get really aggressive. They've seen the last few years this be a market in which all the teams wait. And so when, when, you, see, when you see it kind of, uh, all the teams zig. Why don't you zag? And now you're seeing the White Sox and the Braves uh, kind of zag and, and go after guys early, which exactly. I think is it, it's not a bad idea. You know, you may, you may end up having to pay more, uh, but you're getting really good talent. I, yeah, I don't even think necessarily that you know that that you're getting stuck paying more either. It's right. It can kind of go either way. Um, boy. I'm sorry. I'm just so shook by this deal. I thought I think good it's, for I think him it's a great, too that he got move. that oh, yeah. long-term deal. I mean, after last year's debacle, well, he, he took the one year and said, "You know what? 
I can improve upon this. And he damn well did. He basically got the qualifying offer for four years because it's an $18 million. Now, he didn't have one this year, but he took it last year. Um, and, and now he has uh, basically getting four years worth of that qualifying offer at 18 mil per for Yasmani Grandal. So that's a great move there. I think we're going to go ahead and cap it on that. I would recommend that everybody take a look at your piece on the pitcher list mock that has uh, the rest, uh, the the write ups for your eleven. The only two we didn't talk about were Puig and Conforto, two outfielders that uh, that we're big fans of. You love Conforto, Puig. Interested to see where he signs, by the way, because he's a free agent out there. So we'll see what, what happens. Him. Like, and I, I said that for for Puig especially that uh, in. Uh, in a real draft, I'm going to be very tentative about when I take him until he, I know he's signed. Are you um, worried that... I'm worried that his reputation will limit his options. Yeah, From a could. straight talent perspective, uh, he's obviously... You know, he obviously should be one of the first free agents signed. Yeah, uh, no, it's... It shouldn't limit him, but it but it may. You're yeah. you're right. So, and I worry that well, if 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 some teams just say, "Listen, I'm not, we're not even going to be interested," even though we need an outfielder, you know, then we start going, "Oh no!" Like, does he end up in a full time role? Mm-hmm. Uh, does he is one he one of those guys that ends up having to wait till June uh, to sign? Like, it's it could become really scary just because. And I, I think it's ridiculous, um, but because uh, he's a, he's a clubhouse favorite everywhere he goes. Like his team loves him. I, um, that's the thing I was going to say that uh, you talk about that reputation, and and the teams that know him, the people that know him, don't feel that way. Yeah, it's just as he carries this baggage that I think is undeserved for Puig. So I, we'll kind of see. It. I think it's overblown. I wouldn't say Over, it's undeserved okay, yeah, because yeah. when you take on entire Pittsburgh Pirates team on the field, I, I love that though, I, and I love it too. <laughs> and if he was my teammate, I was like, "This dude has my back. This dude will go to war by himself for me." Yes. Um, at the same time, like when you fight as much as you do, you limit the amount of team. You're like, Pittsburgh's not signing him. The Giants yeah. aren't signing him. You know, it's uh, you know anywhere Madison Bumgarner signs isn't signing him. <laughs> yes. So I mean, he should just wait for Bumgarner to sign and then sign with that team's rival. That would be funny. Just, just, just on hey, you know, yeah. it's like I'm, I'm, I'm tracking you here. We're, yeah. we're going to be wrestling rivals. He, he signs in Atlanta. He, uh, Puig goes and signs in Philadelphia. Yeah, it'd be perfect. So. Oh my God! Someone just tweeted me that McCann's better. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so yeah, uh, I am a bit worried about Puig, and I, and I wrote a little bit about it in in the write up I did on the site. So definitely go check that out. Also check out my thoughts on on Conforto and the rest of the guys, and then I'll I'll do my last twelve rounds uh, probably this weekend and and post it on uh, Monday or Tuesday. So okay. That'll be great, and we will get into your uh, draft champions deeper as as you as you get closer to finishing it or or get deeper into it. I should say it's a fifty rounder, so it'll take a bit, but uh, maybe next week we'll dive in on that and see where you're at with everything there. Exactly. All right, man. We'll have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. <laughs>